Welcome. One of the most important principles of Rashi's commentary, principle which we have discussed many times, is that Rashi explains the, the psukim of the Torah in their order. He does not, uh, when he comes to a Pasuk, he generally does not right away try to resolve it with other psukim which come later. He generally speaking looks at each Pasuk in the order in which it comes and explains what needs to be explained. A corollary of this principle is that if there are two psukim that can be explained with the same comment, Rashi will explain it in its first occurrence. He will explain a, he will explain a certain word, for example, that needs explanation the first time that it appears in the Torah. If there's a certain phrase that needs explanation, he will explain it the first time that it occurs. If a person does a certain action, and this action is repeated for some reason in the Torah, Rashi will explain, if, if necessary, if he feels it's necessary to explain why the person did it, Rashi will explain it the first time that the Torah mentions it. In this week's Parsha, Parsha Chaye Sora, we have what appears to be a, a, uh, a contradiction to this principle. We have an example in which it appears that Rashi is not following his own rule. In Parshish Chaye Sora, of course, the, the, the main topic, really almost the only topic, is the story of Abraham uh, charging his servant Eliezer with the mission of going back to Haran, going back to Abraham's uh, homeland, and to find there a wife for Yitzchak. And the story is told twice. First, it's told as a narrative of the Torah. The author, the capital A author of the Torah, tells us the story in the first, in the third person narrative form. He did this, he said that, he went there, they said this. And then later, when Eliezer comes to Rivka's family and he makes his proposal, so then Eliezer tells the whole story in detail. So there it is done in first person form. He says, I did this, I went over there, I came here, I said to Rivka, and so on. If we look at the two versions of the story, we will find, amongst other things, the following. In the, in the part of the story, in the part of the Parsha, where the Torah tells the story of Eliezer's mission, so it says that he went to Haran, and uh, he was waiting by the well, and he, he made up his mind, he, he made a deal that uh, the first girl that will come out and that will offer to give him water and to give water to his camels, that's the girl that Hashem has intended for, for Yitzchak. And who comes out? Rivka. Of course, he doesn't know right away that her name or what, what family she is from, but this, this girl comes out and he asks her for some water and she gives him water and she gives water to his camels. And, um, and then he asks her, who, who is she or who is her family? And she tells him that she's from, she's the daughter of Pesuel. Uh, she's from Abraham's family, and he is he is overcome with with happiness. And it says, "Vayikod ha'ish vayishtachu b'Hashem." So he uh, he uh, bent himself and he bowed down to Hashem. And he said, "Baruch Hashem Adonai Abraham." 
Blessed is Hashem, the God of my master Avraham. Who has not abandoned his kindness and his truth with my master. I, Hashem, Hashem has led me on the proper path. Hashem has led, lent, has led me to the house of the brethren of my master. I was looking to find my master's family. And look, I came here, and there, there she is. There's Rivka. She's a young, marriageable young lady from the family of Abraham. Baruch Hashem. And he bowed to Hashem. Rashi says nothing. Okay. Nothing, uh, nothing particularly puzzling about this Pasuk. It says he he bowed down. That that, that seems reasonable. That um, a person who has been sent on a mission and he basically the mission is accomplished, he would bow down to Hashem in thanks. Okay. Then we go later on. Uh, Eliezer is brought to Rivka's family's home. And he there to, wants to tell them his story. He tells them how Avraham gave him this mission, and he, he met Rivka at the well, and et cetera, et cetera. And he wants to take Rivka back to marry Yitzchak. And so he's, and finally the family says, Hine Rivka Behold, Rivka is in front of you. Take her and go. You may take her and bring her back to Yitzchak as a wife. And she may be a wife to the son of your master, as Hashem has spoken. The, the family recognizes that this is all this is all from God, and therefore they say, go ahead, take her back as a wife to Yitzchak. Just exactly what Eliezer wanted to hear. And it was, it was when this servant of Avraham, meaning Eliezer, when he heard their words, he bowed down to the ground to Hashem. He lowered himself to the ground in some sort of praise to Hashem. Okay, here Rashi does say something. He prostrated himself to the ground. From here we learn, that we must give thanks upon a good besura, upon a, upon good news. That if we hear good news, we must thank Hakadosh Baruch. We must thank Hashem. So here, Eliezer heard the good news that Rivka's family is willing to let her marry Yitzchak, and so he bowed down. Now the Mefarshim raised the question that it would seem that Rashi should have made this comment. On the first Pasuk, the first Pasuk, it also says, Hashem, he bowed down to Hashem. Why was he bowing down to Hashem? Uh, presumably because he was very thankful to Hashem for bringing his mission, to, guiding his mission in the right way. He found the right girl. And here it says, Hashem. Here also it says, it says almost the same words. He bowed down to the ground, he lowered himself to the ground to Hashem. He bowed to Hashem. And here Rashi wakes up and says, from here we learn a halacha, from here we derive a law, 
that you have to say that you must give thanks for a good tidy, for good news. So the Mephoshim raised the question. They asked the, they asked the question, why didn't Rashi make this comment back on Pasuk Havot? By the way, you see from their question that their, that their assumption is that if there is a phrase that needs explanation, Rashi should explain it the first time that it appears. Or if there's an action which for some reason the Torah tells twice, if there's something about it that needs explaining, Rashi should explain it the first time that it's mentioned. We see in, implicit in their question is the principle or the corollary to the principle that we started. This is the question I'd like to discuss in this year. I'd like to discuss several of the answers. The first answer I'd like to mention is from the Sifseh Chachamim, whom I don't often quote. Maybe I should look at it more. I don't know. The Sifseh Chachamim here gives what I would call a, a good technical answer. He explains as follows. In the first Pasuk, in Pasuk Chavvav, where it says, Vayishtachu Hashem, Eliezer bowed to Hashem, it also says, it then immediately says, Vayimer, and he said, Baruch Hashem Elokei Adonai Avraham, blessed is Hashem, the God of my master Avram, who did all of this kindness to my master and helped me find the right young lady to bring back to Yitzchak as a wife. So he bowed, and he also says explicitly in the Pasuk that he blessed Hashem. So the Sif Sechachamim says that here, Rashi would not have, uh, could not have made the comment that Mikan that here we learn that you must thank Hashem when you hear good news. Because perhaps the reason why Eliezer bowed is because he was mentioning God's name. He didn't say Hashem like the way we say. He said the actual pronunciation of God's name. And perhaps for that reason he bowed. Now, I don't think it was a halacha then that any time you mention God's name, you had to bow. But still, perhaps that's why he bowed. Perhaps out of reverence for Hashem's name, he bowed. Not because of the good news itself. Perhaps the good news is not a mechayah that doesn't obligate you to bow down. But perhaps what, what made him bow down is that he mentioned God's name. And therefore, on Pasuk Chavvav, Rashi did not make this comment. On Pasuk Nun Aleph, on the second Pasuk, the Pasuk does not report to us that Eliezer said anything. It simply says, Vayishtachu Arzal Hashem. We won't do it now, but if you'll go to, the, to, go to a Chumash and you'll see Pasuk Nun Beis, Pasuk Nun Gimel, they don't report to us anything that Eliezer said. He just, the Pasuk just tells us he bowed down. So here Rashi said, here you see, here it is Mokrach, here it is, it is, we must say that the reason he bowed down was, can't be because he was mentioning God's name, he didn't mention anything. It must be because Moedim al-Basura must be because there's an obligation, or at least it's appropriate, to bow down when one hears good news, as Eliezer did. I think this is a, a solid answer, why Rashi waited to make his comment. Of course, it still leaves us with a question about the Psukin themselves. Why is it that in Pasuk Chavvav, Eliezer made a whole speech, a short speech, but he gave a speech. He said, Baruch Hashem Elokei Adani Avraham, who 
helped me and has, has not abandoned my master. And in Pasuk Nun Aleph, when he's speaking to the family, he just bows down and doesn't say anything. Sifzichachamim hasn't explained that to us. Okay, that wasn't really his objective to explain it. We're still left with that question. Okay, put that question aside. Now we will go to the Mizrahi, the Bileo Mizrahi, the, the great and famous uh, super commentator on Rashi. And he raises this same question. I, I, I failed to mention earlier that, that part of the question, part of the commentary, commentary, the commentator's question is that if you look in the Midrash, the Midrash Rabbah, this comment of Mikan Shemaidam of Basura is placed on Rashi moved it. Rashi had the Midrash. Rashi quotes Midrash Rabbah copiously, very often. Uh, much of his commentary on Sefer Bracious is, is taken from Midrash Rabbah Bracious. In the Midrash, this point of Moedim al is placed on Pasuk Chavok. So that's a strengthening of the question. Why did he move it? So the Mizrahi first answers, well, maybe our text in the Midrash is Mishubeshes. Maybe our text in the Midrash is mistaken. Maybe Rashi had a different text in the Midrash. And maybe Rashi's text is better. Interesting that he doesn't say maybe Rashi had a mistaken text. He says maybe the Midrash that we have is mistaken. Okay, that's answer A, according to Mizrach. But then he says answer B as follows. In Pasuk Chavvav, although Eliezer was, was very happy, he was very, very pleased that things are going according to plan, and he found the girl. He found the right girl. But he doesn't know yet if the plan is going to be to be able to be completed. Because maybe her parents won't let her go back and marry Yitzhak. Maybe even she herself doesn't want to go marry Yitzhak. So therefore, Rashi didn't say, because he had not yet really heard the Besar it's not a totally good uh, thing that happened. It, it's still up in the air. Masha'en came, which is not the case in Pasuk Nun Aleph and Nun Beis. Over here, the family said, yes, you may take Rivka, take her back to Yitzhak and let her, let her get married. So here, the entire plan has, has worked. The entire mission essentially has been completed other than getting on the camels and going back home. So here... Uh, when when Eliezer bowed, that is that shows us that Mikan Shemaidim al Now we see that this is a, a rule, this is a proper conduct, perhaps a perhaps a halacha, that one should give thanks when one hears good news. The news in Pasikhov was was not totally good. It was wasn't a full thing, it wasn't a, wasn't a fully good. But the news in Pasuk Nun Aleph and Nun Beis was completely good. And therefore, when Eliezer bowed down, Rashi says, this teaches us that you have to bow down when you hear good news. Also, very good answer. And the only thing is, again, it leaves us with a question. The question is, why did Eliezer bow down in Pasuk Kofzai, in Pasuk Kofzai? If, if, the, if the, the mission was not complete and he did not know yet if Rivka would be allowed to return with him to Yitzhak, so what's he so excited about? 
Why did he bow down? There is a third answer, which I found in the commentators. And I think in many ways it's, it's um, I don't want to say better, but, but very interesting and very, very important. And that is the Maskil the David. The Maskil the David says as follows. His comment, uh, I don't remember now, does he write his comment on the first Pasuk or the second Pasuk? It really doesn't matter for now. But he talks about why Eliezer bowed down in Pasuk Chavav and why he bowed down in Pasuk Dunbeis. Make this a little smaller so we can see everything all together. I want to make it too small. Okay. The masculine David says regarding Pasuk Chavav, Hishtachavo Mirev Simchasai. In the first Pasuk, Pasuk Chavav, Eliezer bowed to Hashem, from his great, out of his great happiness, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had led him on the proper way, and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had made him successful. And therefore he said, Baruch, etc. So in Pasuk Chavav, Eliezer was very happy. He had a great emotional exaltation that he has gone on this long journey and he has found what he is looking for. He has found a, a, a girl from Abraham's family and she's a Balas Chesed. She has given him water and given water to his camels and he's so happy that Hashem has led him across to led him to the proper led him on the proper path and therefore he bows he lowers himself in front of Hashem and he expresses his Gratitude to Hashem. Baruch Hashem Elokei Adoni Avraham. Blessed is Hashem, the God of my master Avraham, etc. In Pasuk Nun, regarding Pasuk Nun Beis, Maskele David explains as follows. This bowing, this bowing in Pasuk Nun Beis, he did not do it nidato. He did not do it out of his own mind, his own intellect, or even his own emotion. Bishil simcha so. He didn't do it because of his own simcha. Shehu davar prati udvar chidush, which is a private matter. And it is a dvar chidush, meaning it's something that just happened at that time. And it didn't happen before. This particular situation is a unique situation. I'm not saying it's unique that nobody ever found the shidduch, but it's the, all the particulars are unique to Eliezer and Abraham and Yitzhak. And it's something that something that is just happening now. And therefore, in Pasuk Chavav, Eliezer did it He did it because of his own personal joy. However, but in Pasuk Nun Beis, it's not like that, explains Maskevah Hachi, When he bowed in Pasuk Chavav, in Pasuk Nun Aleph, Nun Beis, it's because that's the din, that's the law. That's because that's what you're supposed to do. Kuli al-Mahochi And everybody does that. Shemaydim al-Basar Because it is appropriate for a person to bow and to give thanks upon a good tiding, on good news. And therefore the Pasuk writes it, Stam, the Pasuk writes it without any embellishment. Kamaydavar Pashut, 
as if it were an obvious thing, that one needs to bow. And I think what he means is, and the Torah in Pasuk Nebes does not report to us that Eliezer made any speech. He didn't make any speech. He simply bowed. Why? Because that's what you're supposed to do when you hear good news. In other words, there's a difference between the two hishtachavoyos, the two bowing downs. In Pasuk Chavvav, Eliezer was expressing, expressing an emotional exaltation. He was expressing a feeling that was bubbling up and overflowing in his heart of happiness and excitement and, and gratitude. And he bowed down and he expressed his gratitude with, in speech. In Pasuk Nun Beis, In Pasuk Nun Beis, he didn't say anything. He didn't bow because he was feeling this great emotional exaltation, but he was expressing his thanks in a settled, in a settled, calm way. He looked at the situation that had transpired, that he had... Uh, he had found Rivka, and her family is now allowing her to go marry Yitzhak, which, of course, is his whole goal. And he looked back on the whole situation, said to himself, this is, this is what I came for, and this is what I wanted Hashem to, to do. Kodesh Baruch Hu did it. I thank you, Hashem. He bowed. It is an obligation to do so. Now, we shouldn't think that it was done in a mechanical way, with no emotion. But I think the difference between Pasuk Chavvav and Pasuk Nundes is as follows. Pasuk Chavvav, the emotions came first. The emotions were bubbling up and overflowing and were then expressed in Hishtachavoya, in bowing down, and in speech. In Pasuk Nundes, there is an obligation to bow down because you understand intellectually that something very good has happened and you must you must show your appreciation by bowing. Should you, of course you should imbue, you must imbue your bowing down with some with some feeling, with some thought, with what with what we call kavana. You have some intent. It's not, it shouldn't be a simply mechanical act with no feeling behind it. So there shouldn't just be a showing off for the people who are watching. But really, you don't care. No, chas v'sholo. Certainly, Eliezer was a was a tzaddik. Eliezer was a great person. He was the, the disciple of Avram Avinu. Of course, he imbued his his bowing with feeling, with knowledge, with intent. But it didn't start with the feeling. In pasuk dun base, in pasuk dun base, he is fulfilling an obligation to thank a kodesh baruch by bowing down. He bowed down with the appropriate thoughts and emotions. In Pasuk Chavvav, it's the other way around. The thoughts and the emotions bubbled up within him and caused him to bow down. And I think the lesson we can learn from this comment is that both kinds of thanking Hashem and both kinds of service to Hashem are necessary. There's a kind of service to Hashem, which is emotional, spontaneous. The, the emotions of thanks and gratitude 
bubble over at certain moments in life and one one expresses oneself to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That is, that is appropriate. That is a service to Hashem. That's what a person should do. On the other hand, you can't wait around for those moments to happen. The average person doesn't feel like that all the time. Maybe there are certain very extraordinary individuals who are in this constant elevated state, this constant state of exaltation of, of as the Hasidim call it, Tveikus. Most people are not like that. And you can't wait to thank Hashem until you feel like that. You have to thank Hashem three times a day, according to the halacha. Because you say meidim in your Shemona Esrei three times a day. However many times one, one davens Shemona Esrei in a day. Women, perhaps it's enough to daven once, twice, whatever it is. But one must do it with regularity. Now, it doesn't mean that every time you daven mincha, you're going to be in that state of exaltation. But it means you are going to bow your head and you're going to say, you're going to say, we thank you, Hashem. And you're going to imbue, imbue it. You're going to inject into it some intent and some feeling and also some intellectual awareness of some of the good things that Hashem has done for you. And you're going to do it as an obligation because it is an obligation. And that's also service to Hashem. That's also part of our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we fulfill our obligations and we do it consistently and we do it in a meaningful way. Both are, are necessary. Both were done by Eliezer and both were uh, reported to us by the Torah in order that we should know that we must uh, do these two types of thanking to Hashem.